You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about entertaining ourselves and our people at home during the pandemic. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? Just this week, Neil and I started putting parenting check-ins on our calendar. We had been doing regular parenting therapy that I've talked about before, and Mm -hmm. that was great. But we started to feel like we had a little bit less to talk about in the therapy sessions and knew the strategies, but just needed the time to be able to talk to each other and check in and go through various things that had happened through the week. Mm. So we are giving that a try for now and put it in both of our calendars for a weekly half hour where we sit down and do what we would have been doing in therapy, but with each other. Mm. And we'll see how that goes. Our first one was great. It feels good just to have that time set aside to talk about these issues when it's not Mm -hmm. late at night and you're not frustrated and it's not (laughs) reactive, that it's proactive. Yes. And many of the things that we're discussing, we have enough distance from them that we can look at it without clouding our judgment with emotions Mm. (laughs) or as many emotions perhaps is more accurate when it comes (laughs) to things related to parenting. It's made me thankful that Neil and I are on the same page about how we're thinking about parenting and making it a priority going forward. Nice. What's new with you? This week we said goodbye to our 19-year-old kitty. Mm. Zeta was her name and she had been with us since 2007. So... 13 and a half years or so. Yeah. She was just a really lovely cat. She had kidney disease in the end, which I think happens to most cats, that their kidneys just aren't built to last as long as they live in captivity, as it were. Mm -hmm. So she had been sick for a while, but, you know, all of a sudden got sicker and we knew that it was time and we are really thankful that she had such a nice long life, but it doesn't make it any easier to say goodbye to a friend that has been in your life for a third of it. And really all of your adult life. Yes. Because you got Zeta right after you graduated from college. So that is a lot of life changes that she's been through with your family. Yes. I moved to Nashville and then less than a week later, she was in my family. So she lived in my little studio apartment before Andrew and I even lived together. It does make me want to fill my house with all the animals. So I have been (laughs) scoping both dogs and cats that we could adopt. (laughs) But I think it's also good to acknowledge that it is okay to be sad for a while. Absolutely. I'm glad that you were part of each other's lives for so long. Me too. And I'm sorry she's not here anymore. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Sarah, what is your latest read? I read this book back in December. It is My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. It's a novel about Vanessa. She's a 15-year-old attending a boarding school in Maine. Her teacher lures her into a predatory relationship, but the novel is told from her perspective, and as she's going through that, she sees it as love, not as abuse. Yikes. It's really hard for a book like this to talk about what you like and don't like. It was an incredibly disturbing and uncomfortable reading experience. To a degree I don't remember feeling since reading A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. I had the physical sensation of the pit in my stomach. Even talking about it now, those feelings are coming back to me in my body. Mm. It was such an intense reading experience. It was incredibly compelling. I wanted to keep going, but there was so much darkness and discomfort 
that it wasn't an enjoyable reading experience. Mm. I do think it did a great job capturing the manipulation of predators and how that happens, but that's not a fun thing to be thinking about. I'm not sure what kind of recommendation to give. It was an incredible book, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. But as I said, it wasn't fun or easy to get through. But I do think the mark of an excellent novel is one that makes you feel something. And this book made me feel a lot of things, but those things aren't necessarily pleasant. Hmm. What have you been reading, friend? On the lighter side, I recently listened to Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. This is a contemporary romance that has threads of bad acceptance, the friends to lovers trope, and then a celebrity component. Mm. (laughs) The story is about April, who's a geologist and fan fiction writer and a fat woman, and Marcus, the star of the show that's part of the fandom that April writes about, who is also dyslexic. In this romance... Fatness plays a big role in how the character is viewed by many other characters. And I think that that is fairly common in books with fat representation, where the fatness is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, something that I really loved that I don't think I've experienced enough is that April really accepts herself fully. Mm. And it is so beautiful to read. The sex scenes are steamy. She is fully herself and fully in her sensuality and her attractiveness, Mm -hmm. despite all the pressure that she clearly is getting from society. I'm not sure that it's something that I've really read that much, and I found it really refreshing and good. Yeah, sounds great. I also really liked the geology and the nerdy stuff. I think that I would have appreciated more if I knew more about fan fiction. There were acronyms and things that I had to Google because I didn't really get it. (laughs) But I bet that if you are into fan fiction, you would like this even more. So I would recommend this. It's a solid romance. And the fat acceptance parts really put it over the top for me. I look forward to my library hold coming through for me on this one. Let's move on to our topic for today, at-home entertainment. (laughs) Many of us have been spending a lot of time at home for the past many months. Thank you, COVID. Mm -hmm. And that comes with highs and lows. Today, we're going to talk about what's been working for us and our families to stay entertained while we're sticking close to home. We'll start off by talking about the things that are working for our kids. Let's say first how old our kids are. My kids currently are eight and six. HP is a third grader and E is in kindergarten. And my kids are almost five and almost two. Plum is in 4K right now, and Pepper has not done any school yet. I'll start with one that is the newest to us. I mentioned finger knitting on the last episode, and since that time, we've just kept going with the yarn crafts, and HP has gotten into crocheting. He's actually doing it right now by the fire. He's making a scarf. It's just so fun to see him enjoying a craft project like that. And it's very cozy to imagine doing it by the fire. Mm -hmm. One of our most cozy hits has been pulling out the sleep sofa. Yes. And I don't do it all (laughs) the time, but I save it in my back pocket for when things are really hitting the fan. Mm -hmm. And then I pile blankets and pillows on there and I say, get cozy. And they do. Can last up to 40 minutes at a time. (laughs) We also have a sleep sofa that has been a big hit, and I forget about it. And then just the other week, E asked me to pull it out and wanted to create a little fort underneath it Mm. because ours just has small legs. And so there's a big area that you can use and wanted to read underneath in the fort. 
Yes, we could do that too. It will come as no surprise that reading is high up on the list here. I would say my kids are starting to get to the point where they read for extended periods of time on their own. HP is definitely there. E more often wants us to read to her or to go back and forth reading a page and a page. Since the pandemic started is really when our chapter book reading has taken off. Mm. I think because there's so much more time to fill and it felt more interesting to me to do chapter books as well. I'll also add audiobooks in here, especially the first six to eight weeks when we weren't seeing anyone outside of our immediate family. The kids listen to so many audiobooks. They especially love Boxcar Children. I think we did all of the Captain Underpants. And then (laughs) they like to listen on audio to other books that we have read as a family, like the Penderwicks. Nice. Reading has been a huge one for us, too. We've gone through several cycles of maxing out my library holds and then getting giant boxes Mm -hmm. of books from the library. (laughs) And they know us there now. (laughs) And the other day when we picked them up, the librarian said, you know, I picked that up and the bottom just fell right out of it and the books went everywhere. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Whoops. Once the library opened for pickup, that influx of new books both mixed things up for me as the adult reader, Mm -hmm. and provided greater opportunity for independent book reading on the part of my children. Yes. It has felt like a huge perk to be a library employee during the pandemic, where I can still browse for books, and I do not take it for granted. Yes. The biggest hit for us has been being outside. (laughs) Yep. This started in earnest sometime in May, where we made the decision to allow our kids to play with other kids in the neighborhood outside. And then that's all they wanted to do because they wanted to be with other kids and they could not go into anyone's house. There's been a lot of fort building, a lot of playing on a giant saucer swing that's at the end of the street that the neighborhood kids go to, lots of playing in the woods, lots of imaginative play. There's been some bike riding as well, especially at the beginning Though I would say E likes this more than HP. It's just interesting to see which things different kids gravitate toward. Mm -hmm. That E will often ask me to go on a bike ride with her in the neighborhood rather than just going up and down the street where HP really only rides if we're going somewhere and he needs to ride on his own. Hmm. Interesting. Outdoor play has been huge in our family as well. would say the biggest hits during the summer were the garden and water play. Though we are still trying to get in on the water play in winter by pulling chairs up to the kitchen sink. (laughs) That does make a mess, but Mm -hmm. I never mop my floor, so at least the floor gets cleaner than it usually (laughs) would. Perfect. Bike riding and playing in the park that's close to our house has been great. And then the kids each got sets of small but real tools for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I have scrap wood from building the chicken coop. So they've been building things lately with their tools. (laughs) I love it. We have also done some of that. And I forgot to mention for outdoor things, digging holes. There were some very (laughs) large holes that were dug at the beginning, ones that the children could get all the way into. Uh And we eventually filled those back in as they were continuing to make holes. So our rule now is you can dig holes. You just have to fill them back in. Needless to say, our backyard does not look like it could be featured in the Better Homes and Gardens <laughs> magazine with large areas of it overturned from kid play. But it keeps them entertained, and I'm all about it. <laughs> yes. No complaints. 
Another outdoor thing that I think you've mentioned before, too, is fire pits. Mm-hmm. We have had good success with daytime fire pits, including morning. Yeah. Where Andrew and I will bring our adult drinks, our hot drinks, you know, coffee or tea or whatever out there. Mm-hmm. And it's a real novelty for the kids to be out playing in the morning while we're having our stuff. It feels almost like we're camping, but at home. Mm-hmm. I love this idea. I'll talk more about it later, but sometimes getting out the door in the morning is a problem. Mm. But if we had a fire out, wonder if that would be an encouragement to all to be getting ready to go out there. Because we have been doing our regular Friday night fires. Yeah. And that's been a lot of fun and good entertainment for all. Though I would say the biggest entertainment is the making of the fire and the lighting of it. Mm. And after that happens, the kids disperse pretty quickly <laughs> to go back <laughs> to playing. And then adults are left to watch the fire. Fair enough. Art is an up and down activity at our house. Mm -hmm. Often feels like a lot of work to me to get various things set up, but coloring mandalas has felt like a success. I got an adult mandala coloring book for myself a couple years ago, and the kids like to take pages from it as well. And if I sit down and get that out and start coloring, often they'll come join me. Mm. And it's been a really nice time to have conversations as well that we're all sitting together and doing something different. It doesn't feel quite as serious, but a lot of things come up as we're doing that activity together. Hmm. So that's something I've been really enjoying. Nice. Credit to my sister-in-law for this next one. For Christmas, she sent books, but she also sent two little jars of slime. These are small, like smaller than a baby food jar. Okay. I was like, huh, okay, we'll get this out sometime. We have these silicone placemats that we use on our table all the time. Mm -hmm. And so we just sort of cleared them off and put the slime on. The hours of entertainment that has been provided by the (laughs) tiny jars of slime is incredible. So thank you, Amanda. I had no idea that it would be such a hit with both of them. I love it. My kids got Aaron's thinking putty for Christmas and their stockings. Mm. And that was also a pretty big hit, although we made the mistake of not having as firm of boundaries of where this putty could be used, <laughs> which should only be at the table. Sure. And ended up with some putty in various places that I would prefer it not be, like our couch, cushions, and rug. <laughs> But one that hasn't created that problem for us is modeling clay. Mm. We just have an old cookie sheet that has several things of modeling clay and has been used for a few years by the kids. And whenever we get that out, it's a solid hour of creating different things and using them and playing together and using their imagination. And that's another one that I don't think of often enough and that I should be more in the habit of pulling it out. Another hit in our house has been baking. Both of my kids now really want a stool, really want to pour things in, really want to stir. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to eat tons of dough at the end. So (laughs) That's my children's favorite part as well. Both an activity and a snack is what it is. (laughs) A twofer. One that requires a lot of adult effort is creating a scavenger hunt. Mm. Neil is the parent who does this. Often when I am gone, he will create a scavenger hunt for the kids where each clue leads you to the next thing. Mm-hmm. All the clues are straightforward. They're not riddles. It's go turn on the fan in this room and a clue will fall down. Go look under this stool. When he started doing that, it was with the idea of practicing reading mm. because HP would have to read each clue in order to find the next one. And then there's always a treat of some kind as mm. the last clue. Nice. 
A few weeks ago, when I was at work, E wanted to make a scavenger hunt for Neil, and so she was writing out clues. But then she was going to need him to hide the clues <laughs> because a lot of them were up high or places where she couldn't reach. Yeah. So she was creating this hunt for Neil, but then he had to put it together in some ways and then complete <laughs> it. But was a long stretch of entertainment on that front. So nice. I can recommend it if it is something you would like to create. I have yet to put one together myself, but I enjoy when my spouse does, and so do the kids. <laughs> the difference in parents entertaining the children also happens at our house. Andrew is much more willing to get down and wrestle and let them climb on him. Mm -hmm. That is not something that is ever fun for me, but that sort of physical <laughs> energy and the screaming mm -hmm. and the roughhousing is something that they really love. Yeah. And so whenever he's up for it, they are too. <laughs> Neil is also much more hands-on in the kind of play that he does. They have many different games that I don't fully understand, but do involve a lot of screaming <laughs> and running about. <laughs> Another thing that is Neil-specific is he'll get out the trumpet and play with the kids mm. and let them blow into the trumpet or move the valves while he's blowing into it or just listen to him play. And that's always nice to have some music in the house of varying quality, depending on who <laughs> is actually playing the trumpet at the moment. <laughs> the last one I want to say is TV and movies. Special thanks to the screens in our lives. <laughs> we couldn't have entertain the children as well without you. I'm also pleased that we have expanded our movies that we're watching in our family. Mm -hmm. Some recent hits were Cars and Song of the Sea. Noted. Our kids have not been interested in movies. I think they're often too scary and or too long. Mm -hmm. But The Magic School Bus was on frequent rotation, especially those first months before they were playing with kids in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. After that, they've been prioritizing kid interaction over wanting to watch something, but I am so glad to have that in my back pocket during these winter months. What have y'all been doing as a couple to keep entertained? Lots of boggle at first, the actual game, mm -hmm. writing down the words, and since then, the phone game that I have mentioned multiple times. <laughs> Other board games that we enjoy are Quix, Yahtzee, and Carcassonne. And then for Christmas, we got Azul, which Neil and mm -hmm. I have played with just each other. And then we've also played with HP. Those are some of our favorites, too. The board game we have been playing most often is Splendor. Mm. And then we've also done Zoom game nights with friends or family where we've played either Codenames or Drawful, which is a form of Pictionary, but that everyone can log into with their phone. Is Codenames also in digital format? There is a digital Codenames. We've also played where my uncle does a um, regular Codenames board with the cards mm -hmm. and then puts a, like a webcam on them. Ah, uh, yes. So that's an option as well. That's a really fun idea. Another classic is sitting around and talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this doesn't happen often enough that we usually each go to our own books or have different preferences for what to watch in the evening. So one of us will be watching something while the other one's reading. Mm -hmm. But the nights where we just sit together after the kids are asleep and catch up and chat always fills me up in the best kind of way. I love that. I wish Andrew and I did more talking like that too. I think there is a tendency to just want to do what you want to do and then go to bed when you've had a long day of work or parenting or both. Yes. 
But one thing that we have really loved discussing is Temeraire. This is the Temeraire series by Naomi Novik uh-huh. that I loved when I read not this past year, but the year before. Mm-hmm. I got Andrew into it and he came reluctantly along, but now he is full on dragons in the Napoleonic era. So we have been really enjoying talking about that together. Love it. Talking about books is one of my favorite things to do with Neil. Earlier in the pandemic, he was not reading much. Thank you, work stress, and not having any free time. But (laughs) since things have started to ease up, he has been reading at a rapid clip, and I'm trying to keep up with what he's reading so we can discuss it before it's been too long. It's just always really fun to have something different to talk about that's not parenting or work, and books have been that for us lately. I love that. Earlier in the pandemic, we were watching Schitt's Creek together, and we've moved away Mm -hmm. from that. I think for various reasons mostly related to what was working best for our kids' bedtime was not both of us sitting in a room with the door closed trying to watch something and being frustrated when we were interrupted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But one of our favorites has been watching clips of late night shows together and chatting about current events as we do that. It's a good one. We've also been watching things. We watched Bridgerton together, which was great. And then Mm -hmm. just last night, we started WandaVision, which is a new show from Disney Plus that's in the Marvel Universe. And it's very interesting. That sounds like one that Neil would really enjoy. When we had a Disney Plus subscription for a Mm -hmm. month to watch Hamilton, he spent a lot of time in the Marvel Universe. It's not my favorite place to be, personally. (laughs) Yes, it's not mine either. It is surprisingly unlike anything else I've watched in that universe so far. All right. The other thing that we have been really enjoying is standing phone dates with friends. There are a few different friends that we are trying to meet with at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And that has been really lovely. Let's talk about what we've been doing as individuals to stay entertained. Number one has been reading. No surprise there. I had a great reading year last year, I think largely in part to the pandemic and loving escaping into fictional worlds Mm -hmm. and feeling really connected to who I was before. And that reading has been that bridge. Yeah. Along with that, listening to audiobooks while going on walks, but then also while doing things like puzzles. I did so many of those in the spring, just had my headphones on, listening to podcasts or audiobooks while doing a puzzle felt so relaxing and indulgent. Mm Mm-hmm. For watching, I have started watching all of the gymnastics competitions on YouTube, (laughs) both (laughs) national championships and world championships, finals of various things. I love how I don't feel the compulsion to just keep going the way I did when I watched Bridgerton last week, (laughs) which is the first TV binge I've had in a really long time. I watched five hours one afternoon. (laughs) It was a little much. I loved it while I was doing it, but at the end... I felt a little bit wrung out by the experience, (laughs) where with gymnastics, I always feel like I can just walk away, and it's really hit the spot for me for some reason. What have you been doing to keep busy? Also, lots of reading and audiobooks here. Building a chicken coop and caring for chickens has taken a lot of time, as well as all of the research that went into all of that. Mm -hmm. And then sewing in crafts. So I started a tree skirt that I did not finish. (laughs) Plum and I made candles, I made a wreath that I mentioned, and then I've probably sewn at least 100 masks by now. Wow. What's gone better than expected in this at-home entertainment category since March? 
having the group of neighborhood kids that are able to play together through this time has been such a joy to watch. It feels like they're having this throwback childhood kids running the neighborhood and going between houses, yards in this case, Mm -hmm. and having that freedom with limits and seeing them explore that has been so great to watch. And I think some of this would have happened naturally, but I think it was so sped up by the fact that the kids weren't interacting with anyone else at school Mm -hmm. or other activities. And so for all the kids, they were seeking the kids in these same three families so that they could play together and have that social interaction. Mm -hmm. I think even when things go back to quote unquote normal, those relationships and that sense of independence and confidence that has come from these neighborhood interactions will continue. And it's been an area where I can see the good that has come out of the really hard situation and that sense of community that the kids are feeling with each other. It almost reminds me of college where you're thrown together in this Mm -hmm. residential situation Mm -hmm. and you are kind of in this bubble of this social life and you just make it work, Mm -hmm. basically. But then you come out of it so connected to the people you've been with. Yes. And there are all of the usual challenges that you would expect when a group of kids of varying ages and interests are interacting with one another. But that also feels like such important work to learn how to negotiate those relationships and friendships. And I'm so thankful that they're getting to continue to do that when so many other avenues of social interaction have been closed off. Yeah. The other two that have been a pleasant surprise, I've already mentioned, Neil and I discussing books and the amount that he's been reading has been so enjoyable for both of us. And then getting to read chapter books with the kids and books that I really love, especially with the Penderwick series and the Vanderbeeker series. I enjoyed reading those as much or more than the kids enjoyed listening to them. Mm. And reaching that point as a family has been such a delight. The good surprises from being at home in our family have been our kids playing together. Mm -hmm. The original plan for last fall was for Plum and Pepper to each go to school. Plum still has been going to school, but Pepper's been home. So Plum has been his main social partner that's anywhere close to his age. Mm -hmm. And as he gets older, they do better and better together and seem to really enjoy themselves. And she brings him into imaginative and pretend play. Mm -hmm. And he plays along or lets her know that he would rather do something else. And I just am really (laughs) thankful to have two children (laughs) during this time. Yeah. And I think it's just going to keep getting better as they get older and he gets more verbal and they can talk to each other maybe and give the adults a little bit more of a break even from that. It's coming. Yes. On the horizon. The other really fun thing is that when I left Carborough, I didn't anticipate getting to go to my book club there unless we were visiting North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And because of the pandemic, the book club is now happening on Zoom monthly. So I am participating as much as I would if I had been there. And that has been so great. I love that. On the flip side, what's been harder than expected? I don't know if this is harder than expected or as hard as expected, which (laughs) was expected to be hard. But all of the bickering in the mornings before getting out the door. Yes. This is especially common on the weekends. Unless a friend comes to knock on the door to ask if they want to play, 
They are very uninterested in getting dressed or doing much of anything besides bothering one another. (laughs) And (laughs) it gets to be very frustrating for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. It's hard Mm -hmm. for me to understand why they do not want to be the ones to go and knock on a neighbor's door because Mm. nine times out of ten, someone would be willing to come out and play, but that is not the case. And helping them negotiate those challenges, knowing when to step in and when to let it play out. Mm -hmm. It is very draining and takes away a lot of joy when it goes on for too long. Yeah. Mine is related. And I think you're right. Harder than expected is maybe not the question, but hard in general is all of the screaming from both of my children Mm -hmm. at each other, at us, just randomly screaming related to Pepper, either not sleeping at night or not napping. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a lot. And when you're in the house together all the time and most of the conversation in a day feels like screaming, even if that's not true, even if it's only a little bit of the time, it takes on a proportionally larger space in my brain than the nice conversations or the good interactions I'm having. Yes, it does. So that's been a lot. And I touched on this earlier, I think, but also the connecting with my spouse at night when we're both tired and want to veg out. That would be our normal connection time, but a lot of times that gets deprioritized because what we both need to do is just stare at a screen and then go to bed. Yeah, which is fair. I feel like that often. One thing our therapist talked about with us when we were talking about some of these bickering challenges Mm -hmm. was noticing all the other interactions because like you said, it's so Mm. easy to feel like the negative is equal or greater than the positive. Mm -hmm. So it has helped me to try and remember and notice when they're playing together well, when they're doing imaginative play, when they're helping each other. And I try and lean on that during the other times, but... It's still so hard and not sure when that's going to end. I remember bickering with my sister like this in high school, so (laughs) might just need to get accustomed to the situation. I think the reframe of noticing the good things that are happening could at least help shift how I feel about it, even if the behavior itself Mm -hmm. is not going to change. Right. We're going to wrap up by talking about whether or not we have at-home entertainment aspirations. Sure do. (laughs) I have two big ones. One is around family games. I would really like our kids to grow up to be game players. I really enjoy playing games. Neil really enjoys playing games. And I would just like that to be a thing that we can do as a family, especially as they are enjoying more time with their friends, wanting to make sure that we have that really strong connection as a family. It's been hard to figure out exactly when to fit it in. Mm. I'm wondering if eating an early dinner on Saturday nights, having everyone get in pajamas, and then playing some games, maybe in place of our normal reading time that night, would work. Evenings can be challenging, but they're often wanting to be with their friends during the day. So evening feels like that time that we can keep for just our family of four. Mm -hmm. So I need to think through that. They are more and less excited about playing games depending on the day. I think Mm -hmm. they often find it to be a lot of work to learn how to play a new game. Yes. And aren't interested in doing that. But we have had some successes like Azul that we recently got. I think even seeing me and Neil play and watching, and then they can join in when they're ready to. Mm -hmm. Along those same lines, I would love to start having a weekly at-home date night with Neil, which would basically just mean us 
not reading and or watching our own stuff in the evenings, (laughs) but either playing a game together or watching something together, maybe having some kind of treat once the kids are in bed. Whenever we do prioritize that time and don't retreat to our own corners, it is so enjoyable and makes me wonder why we don't do it more often. Mm. And I think having it on the schedule that we both know that's what's happening would help make that a more regular occurrence. Like you, I would love to have more intentional time with Andrew, whether that's watching something together or game night or a video date with friends. I would also like to clean the house more often so that it's more pleasant to be in. Mm -hmm. There probably is time for this, but I really struggle to prioritize this. At the same time, I know it's just much nicer to relax in a house that's clean. So true. We are working through how to make our house cleaning routine more standardized as well. It's an eternal challenge. (laughs) Yeah. I would also love the kids to be even better at independent play so that I can focus on work more when they're independently playing and then maximize the time that I do have to actually spend with them reading Mm -hmm. or doing an art project or something like that. feels like, as it is now, a lot of my time is spent working while also trying to answer their questions or get them things. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to multitask when I would just be much more efficient if they could play by themselves for 20 minutes and I could work focused for 20 minutes and then we could spend 20 minutes together. Right. And then who knows what would happen with the last third of the hour or whatever, but it just feels really inefficient how it is now. And like everyone's walking away a little bit frustrated and unsatisfied. Yeah. And I'm not working hard or smart and they are feeling sort of ignored slash not getting a chance to get in the flow with their play either. So it's just not ideal. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the end of our conversation about at-home entertainment. Listeners, we would love to hear how this is going for you as an individual, you as a parent, with your kids, with your spouse. However, let us know what this has been like these past few months. Let's finish by talking about what we've been eating. I am sharing a very quick dinner that came from a friend and listener. I think after Thanksgiving, I posted on Instagram that I never want to cook again. Please tell me what to buy at Trader Joe's. (laughs) Uh huh. And this is a suggestion. So thank you, Grayson. I bought bacon, two packages of the frozen gorgonzola gnocchi, Mm -hmm. and the shaved Brussels sprouts. And I put the bacon in a pan and cooked it, took it out, left the grease in, put the Brussels sprouts in, cooked them, took them out, mm-hmm. and then poured the gorgonzola gnocchi in. And the gnocchi is frozen, and then there's also pieces of sauce that are frozen. So what it looks like is that they made the sauce and then put it on a flat surface and then broke it into pieces. Mm-hmm. So as you stir it up in a pan for five or seven minutes or something, the sauce melts, the gnocchi thaws, and everything warms up and it goes together in a nice way. Then you add back the bacon chopped up and you add back the Brussels sprouts. I topped mine with cracked pepper and Parmesan. It was amazing. Sounds so good. (laughs) I tried, I believe it was the sweet potato gnocchi with Mm. brown butter sauce. Mm -hmm. So delicious. Pretty sure I ate an entire bag by myself for lunch one day. (laughs) Yeah. I think you need at least two bags for a family. Agreed. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. What have you been eating, friend? 
We have not been making many new recipes these last couple weeks, but we have been trying to support more local restaurants. So we tried a new pizza place in town. It's more of the wood fire oven Mm. variety versus your more traditional. Mm -hmm. Our kids were not fans. That was a little hard. There was a lot of why are we not eating Mother Bear's pizza? Why is this different? This isn't what I was expecting. I think it would have been amazing, but I picked it up on the bike and it was really cold. And since Mm -hmm. it's so thin, by the time I got home, it was really cold because I don't have an insulated bag in which to transport my pizzas home (laughs) on our bike. (laughs) But I think we will definitely give it a try again. Their customer service was excellent. They gave me a little tiramisu while I was waiting because it wasn't ready right when I got there. Yes, please. I wouldn't have been upset either way, but I was not going to turn down a tiramisu either. Yum. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Wrap it up. (laughs) I don't want to say anything. I don't recommend it for you, so. (laughs) Thanks. Wasn't going to put it on my list. Here's this. <laughs> Bumping the microphone. Bumping the microphone. Duncan. Duncan.